Hi and welcome to the About Her show. I am Sangeeta Relin, an educationist, a writer and a lifelong learner. I also run an e-magazine for women. This podcast is about trailblazing women and their journeys. Women who have broken many a barrier, many a stereotype to realize their potential. If they can do it, so can you. Recognizing one's strengths and passions at an early age can help one shape one's life path. Such clarity provides a sense of purpose and enables individuals to focus on their goals. Our guest this week is the renowned author Kanchana Banerjee, who's had a natural inclination towards literature since her childhood. Guided and motivated by her father, she pursued her passion with great enthusiasm and determination. Kanchana strongly believes in women's independence and freedom to make their own choices in life. She can serve as a great role model for women from various age groups and backgrounds. Let's talk to Kanchana and understand what her journey has been like. Hi Kanchana and uh, welcome to the About Her show. Now this is a platform where we get uh, women achievers who we call women trailblazers to share the stories of their lives with us, to tell us about their celebrations, challenges, ups and downs, joys and sorrows, you know, so that other women who are listening in also get inspired to get out of whatever is holding them back and realize their potential. Because I feel that a lot of us, a lot of women in particular, have these desires to do something, but for various reasons, they are unable to. But when they hear that other women have done it and they listen to those women talking about those, I think there is some hope, there is some chance of their, you know, getting inspired. So that's the whole idea behind this. And uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sangeeta. I'm uh, delighted and honored to be on this show with you. And uh, yes, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, women inspire other women. Uh, You and I have been inspired by some other women. You inspire me with your enthusiasm and dynamism. And I think it's very important for us to, you know, kind of work together as, uh, you know, as a community of women to help each other and pull each other up. And so I think this is a great initiative that that you have undertaken and what you're doing. Kudos to you. Thank you so much. It's always actually a pleasure to get like-minded people, like-minded women, you know, on the platform. All right, so let's dive in. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about your childhood, your early life, and how you think those experiences shaped your personality or, you know, made you kind of choose the life path that you ultimately ended up choosing. So, you know, Sangeeta, as uh, as my uh, as my name and surname reveals, Kanchana Banerjee, yeah. Uh, before my marriage, that's that's my surname after marriage. Before marriage, I was Kanchana Mukherjee. So okay. that should tell you that I'm a Bengali. Okay. And, uh, you know, being a Bengali, I have, uh, you know, grown up surrounded by books and surrounded by a reading atmosphere in the house. My yeah. earliest memory of family time with my father, mother and my grandmother, we, are a, we were a very small nuclear family. I'm an only child. So mm-hmm. all, all, you know, uh, I have seen the elders in the family sit down with a book and, you know, and read. And of course, uh, again, another thing which you and I have in common is that we come from a time when the television had only Doordarshan and Mm -hmm. Doordarshan had only Krishi Darshan and Chitrahar and one Sunday movie. We did not have, we did not have the luxury and the privilege of cable TV and, 
you know, Netflix and etc. And uh, and to some extent, I thank our stars for yeah. having grown up with that kind of you know, um, you know that kind of an atmosphere where reading was was the pastime hobby and reading is what what was inculcated. So you know, I've grown up, uh, uh, I've grown up reading, and uh, uh, I've grown up with this innate um, desire to write, and uh, you know, as far back as I can remember, I wanted to write and become, you know, get published and write for newspapers, magazines. And as I grew up, I started working with Times of India, with with uh, Statesman, with Telegraph. And then, you know, and when you're, when you're kind of writing professionally um, mm -hmm. for a newspaper and etc. So I think the, um, the end goal is um, automatically becomes to be a published author. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's where uh, that's where the uh, seed of this dream uh, was planted and then, you know, kind of, um, which kind of finally grew into a large tree, if you will. So, um, so you know, that is that is my history. I mean, I have always wanted to be a writer. I've, I've always wanted to study English and that's what I studied in my, in my uh, graduation. And then I did my master's in literature from Jadhapur University in Kolkata. So mm -hmm. my entire life has been in preparation to become a fiction author. Wow. So uh, that means as a child, you kind of knew that this is what you wanted to do or was this like slowly you gravitated towards it? No, very clearly. I knew that I wanted to write, uh, you know, I wanted to write and um, I used to visit all the uh, book fairs in Delhi at that okay. time as a child, I used to live in Delhi. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I used to go to Pragati Medan with my father and see all these books. And I used to dream of writing a book. And as I grew, grew older, when I used to go to bookshops by myself, later mm. with my son, with my husband, you know, I used to look at the, uh, I used to look at the uh, shelves which had Indian authors. And at that time, this is way back in the late 1990s, early 200, uh, early 2000, mm. when the shelf containing Indian authors wasn't very large. And mm. I used to look at, you know, Amish Tripathi's book and etc. And I used to think that, you know, when will I, um, when will I write a book and when will a book with my name be on a shelf like this? So mm -hmm. I've always wanted to, you know, um, write, uh, write a book, get published. I've always wanted to do that. That's wonderful, actually. And, you know, also the fact that you were so clear early on in your life about what you wanted to do, because I think a lot of us are not that clear. You know, we have many dreams, many aspirations, and we, I guess, because we have so many of them, we can't stay focused so I think this really mm. helped you. And of course, we know where you are. So tell us a little bit about the kind of books that you write. Of course, I know. But for the listeners, yes, it will greatly help. Yeah. So uh, so I've, I've written and published five books so far. And some of my books have been published by HarperCollins. And some of them have been published by Own Books. And I uh, basically write, write in the thriller genre, crime stories. I'm fascinated by, by thrillers. I've always enjoyed reading thrillers watching thriller movies and later on, you know, web series and stuff like that. Yeah. Though my first book, A Forgotten Affair, uh, it is not a thriller. It is not a crime story. It's a very woman-centric story. It's mm -hmm. about the educated, qualified women in uh, so-called educated, uh, you know, uh, rich families where they are minimized and emotionally abused. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is a relationship drama. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know... And my first book was published by HarperCollins and subsequently my second also. So, um, uh, you know, the first one was kind of born out of my secondhand experience of seeing women in different uh, in different scenarios, some in my larger family, some among my friends, 
being minimized and being um, you know kind of subjugated by by their husbands and mm. i wanted to write about uh, you know this 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 concept of emotional abuse in affluent homes because it's a it's a myth that that abuse domestic abuse of any kind happens only in the very lower strata of society it happens in the middle and the higher strata of society too but having having gotten that book out of the way because that is uh, you know that is a subject which was very close to my heart and i wanted to write about it then i started you know i moved away from the relationship drama um, genre and i started writing thrillers because uh, you know as some of my readers and my editors have told me that i am a thriller writer at mm -hmm. heart so okay. you know in fact i have some of my books here this is my this is my latest book Mm -hmm. and these are my earlier books that i just you know kept here yeah. so mm -hmm. um, yeah so you know i i started writing um, thriller books and uh, yeah and my latest book until i find you was just released yeah 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 i know so you want to tell us a little bit about it about what the book is about yeah so until i find you you know i'm very fascinated by true crime and uh, by events that have happened cold cases in the world and in the country so you know i was doing some research quite some time back long before i started writing until i find, find you and i and i learned and i read about this cult leader called jim jones uh, he he lived in USA in the in uh, in early 1970s and he built a cult called people's temple if yeah. anybody just does google google search about jim jones and people's temple you will find out that he was extremely influential and he had become a very very powerful cult leader uh, however, in 1974, the entire cult, about 300, 400 people, including Jim Jones, they committed a mass suicide by drinking a fruit drink laced with cyanide. So, okay. you know, when I when I read that, I just felt that this would be, this could be a very interesting starting point for a story. Mm. Now, my story is not based in, in USA. It is based very much in contemporary India. In okay. fact, it is, uh, you know, it happens in a fictional uh, village, a small town, a village called Banod in Shikhavati in Rajasthan, where, uh, so, uh, so, so my story is, is on the premise that what if, what if a cult leader like this kills his entire cult and mm -hmm. he does not die, he fakes his own death and he runs away. And there is also another survivor from mm -hmm. the cult who has not died. And, you know, what if that, and what, what if the second survivor is a young woman who is trying to hunt him down? Wow. So, and that is why the, uh, you know, that is why the name of the book is Until I Find You. So the woman is trying to, trying to hunt him down and, uh, you know, make him pay for, uh, for what he did. But there is a startling twist at the end of the story, which uh, I can guarantee it will hit you and every other reader with a, with a bang, because that's what most uh, readers have gotten back to me and told me that we did not see the end coming at all. Okay. So that's what the book is about. Actually, this is giving me goosebumps just listening to this. So I'm sure <laughs> if I, when I read it, yes, it is on my TBR. haven't got down to reading it, but yes, I will now. All right. So tell me, of course, you wanted to write uh, ever since you were a child. And uh, so, of course, I'm sure the journey must have taken its own you know, time. You must have faced um, you know, challenges along the way. So could you elaborate on some of those challenges and also if you think that some of those were because of your gender? Yeah, so um, to answer the first part of your question, uh, mm -hmm. I took a long time to actually, you know, start writing fiction and there is no particular reason uh, for it. It's just that I think, you know, sometimes 
things happen at a at a time that that they are destined to. So yeah. you know, as I said earlier on, that I've always kind of wanted to write. So I was writing for various newspapers, magazines, companies, and I used to be a freelance writer, a freelance corporate writer, and I've been in that role for almost. I was in that role for almost about eighteen years. And I did, you know, but at, at the back of my mind, I was uh, constantly, you know, thinking that I want to write a story. But at that time, uh, I did not have any story ideas in my in my mind. Probably I was too, um, I was kind of, you know, um, too consumed with the kind of work that I was doing for newspapers, mm -hmm. sorry, and other companies. Uh, so, you know, this is sometime in, uh, sometime in early 2000, about 2005, six, I did, um, I did an online writing course with London School of Journalism, a very in-depth course of about nine to 10 months. And, you know, that that sparked off, you know, some ideas, some some thoughts. And I did, uh, you know, and I wrote a couple of short stories, but that's it. And then, you know, uh, much later, end 2013, when I moved to Gurgaon, uh, I was still doing a lot of corporate writing in Bombay. We moved to Gurgaon from Bombay. And, you know, believe me, Sangeeta, I was all set to start um, to start my corporate uh, you know writing stint in uh, in Gurgaon because as you know Gurgaon is full of so many other so many companies yeah so yeah. I was all set and you know there was a chance meeting that I had with uh, with a lady uh, she was completely uh, you know unknown to me and now she's one of my closest friends her name is Kiran Chaturvedi and oh. the two of us got talking and we just started conducting you know uh, writing writing workshops in gurgaon this is in uh, 2014 uh, january february mm. and you know as as we and my all my plans for corporate writing just went out of the window and mm. i immersed myself in those workshops that we were conducting and you know as we were conducting the workshops i began writing my first book and because of the workshops i you know started interacting with other published authors with other aspiring writers uh, uh, aspiring authors i began to talk to various publishing houses because we were doing tie ups with them you know inviting editors to come in and talk so i just you know life just took me into a different direction and and in hindsight when i think about it sangeeta i feel that you know, life had set the stage for me in Gurgaon and yes. it was just waiting for me to land up here. So, you know, which is why I say that, you know, sometimes we keep on worrying that, you know, I really want this to happen, but it's not happening. It's not happening. There is a time and a place for everything. We just have to be patient and we have to be uh, patient uh, and ready to grasp that opportunity. You know, when opportunity knocks at your door, you must be ready to grab it with both of your hands and work hard at it. Yeah. Nothing happens, you know, nothing happens easily. Nothing happens just by itself. Uh, yeah. Opportunity presents itself in, in the strangest of ways. If, you know, uh, that day when, when Kiran told me that, Kanchana, why don't you and I start conducting uh, writing workshops? If I had said no, and yeah. if I had gone back to my corporate writing, maybe all of this wouldn't have happened. So yeah. I guess you have to be ready. First, you have to be patient because, you know, life has its own plans for you. Yeah, you have to be yeah. patient. And then secondly, you have to be ready to grasp the, you know, opportunity and make the most of it. So I hope I've answered the first part of your question. And to answer the second part about my gender. No, you know, my, my, uh, my gender did not get in the way of me getting published. But having, having published... Uh, you know, I won't say I faced obstacles because of being a woman, but there were, you know, certain rather strange 
you know, strange comments that were thrown in my direction after I switched over to the dark side, as many of my friends often tease me that you, you write such dark and uh, psychological thrillers. Uh, some readers have approached me and said that, you know, you are a woman and you are a mother, you are a wife, you, you love dogs. How is it that you write such dark and twisted stories? Now, by this, by this analogy, Stephen King and James Patterson must be, you know, psychos who should be shut up in, you know, in mental hospitals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, and and then, uh, like some, you know, like some readers, some people have come and told me that, you know, you 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 write like a man. You write so wonderfully. You write like a man oh, okay. because I write thrillers. So, you know, the, some some of these ridiculous statements have come to me much later. But uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it irritates me. And sometimes, you know, I just, you know, try and kind of give them back a repartee. But most most of the times I just ignore it because I just tell them, stop being so sexist and foolish, you know. Please, yeah. please listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm sure they don't because, yeah, and that's I pretty strange. I mean, how can a woman not write a thriller? I mean, you don't have to be a man to do that. But I guess, you know, there are all kinds of people who make up this world. So that's, yeah. I guess, it goes with hmm. part of being where we are. So tell me anyone who's aspiring to be like you, aspiring to be a published author. Are there any tips that you would like to share? Loads. <laughs> start off with lots of right, lots of reading. You know, start off with lots of reading. You cannot be a, you cannot be a writer. You cannot be an author unless you are a voracious reader. Yeah. And read across the genre. And of course, read the genre that interests you the most. And, you know, uh, and what you intend to write. What you intend to write should be the genre that you enjoy to read the most. Because, um, you know, as a writer, as an author, you are the first reader of your book. Yeah. If yeah. you don't enjoy what you're writing, chances are no one else will enjoy it either. See, yeah. you know, you will hear a lot of, um, lot of people telling you different kinds of things that thrillers don't sell, romances sell more, mythology sells even more, nonfiction sells the most, which is right. In India, you know, if you go by the sales trends, uh, nonfiction, mythology, they sell the most. After that, it is romances and thrillers don't really sell that much in India. Internationally, they are a huge uh, market, much, much bigger than what it is in India. But, you know, don't don't try to write the genre that that has a better marketability option. Write a genre that you enjoy reading, because if you write what you enjoy reading, chances are you will write it well and yeah. you will and it will get more takers. You know, as Albert Einstein is uh, believed to have said that do what you like doing, do what you enjoy doing. If yeah. you do what you enjoy, chances are you will do it well. So, you know, it is very important and don't go by, don't go by trends. Just, you know, put your heart and soul into, into, into the writing process and don't think about how will I get a publisher? How will I get an agent? How will I sell the book? All that comes much later. First, you need to have a very good book, you know, sink your, sink yourself, submerge yourself in, in, you know, in the world of the characters that you're creating. Then another another thing I, I really feel which helps is that, you know, um, be part of a writing community. There are lots of writing communities on Facebook uh, yeah. and otherwise also write, um, you know, like join a writing community, find like minded people. Uh, yeah. It is important to have a small, be a part of a larger group 
which you can attend meetings and you can attend events. But out of that larger group, select some five, six people who are in the same boat as you. There is a very important reason for this. You know, I, I strongly know and believe that, you know, writing is a very solitary journey. You know, it is not like any other job where you go to the office and you have a team. It is not a teamwork. It is a solitary activity. And most of the time you're sitting alone in the corner of your room, in the corner of a cafe or wherever, writing in your notebook or writing on your laptop. So, you know, and there will be challenges. There will be uh, situations which you cannot explain to your loved ones, to your family, to your mother, to your brother, your siblings, your husband, your spouse, your partner, unless and until they are authors themselves. Like, you know, the frustration of a writer's block cannot be explained to a non-writer. Then the frustration of um, the story is not going in the way that I think it should go, or I don't know how to overcome this obstacle with a character. These are things which you you cannot discuss with a non-writer. They will not understand. And it is not because they don't care enough for you. It's just that, you know, like they say that the pressures of a medical profession are so unique that only a medical professional can understand. You know, uh, and then like, uh, for example, a person working in the news industry, you know, the the challenges and the difficulties and the situations in the news industry are something which only people in that industry can understand. So you need to have friends and you need to have confidence with whom you can discuss your, your problems. And, you know, misery does not like being alone. Misery seeks company. And when misery has company, it it, it feels less miserable. Hmm. So, you know, and then when you start, when you start, uh, you know, submitting your manuscript to uh, to publishing houses, you know, the, the, the fear and the anxiety of waiting for the yes email, hmm. uh, you know, and the, and the abject humiliation when you open it and see that it is, uh, sorry, regret to inform you, we are not accepting. That is, again, something which another fellow writer can understand. Yes. Your family, your friends, your best of your friends will not understand that, you know, how crushing it feels. So mm. it's very important to have writer friends with whom you can you can discuss your highs and your lows. And, you know, and don't feel that they will they will steal my story. Nobody's, nobody can write the story that you are writing. Yeah, They yeah. can probably take the idea, but your story, your words will be yours, you know, and I, I completely believe that, you know, hamare hisse ki roshni or hamare hisse ki barish hamare paas hi aati hai. It yes. comes to us. If it doesn't come to us, it's not meant, meant to be us. Hmm. So, you know, kind of spread yourself out, go interact with other writers, attend book events, go and listen to published authors because when you are, you know, this is something which I did when I was writing my first book and also because we were doing these workshops. So we were meeting with a lot of published authors you know if you can see the end goal in in front of you in Mm. the shape of a published author talking about his or her book it constantly motivates you I want to get there I want to have a book event like this I want to have a book launch like this I want to be on the stage talking about my book because Mm. as I said you know writing is so solitary and so um heartbreakingly difficult that unless and until you keep your eyes on the prize all the time it's very difficult to motivate yourself so you know and then of course write as much as you can don't um you know try and write every day even if it does not happen every day because you know people have work people have careers 
you know, take out little bit of time to, you know, build the writing muscle. And, you know, at the end of it, so, you know, there are a lot of these small, small things, which I think, you know, people who want to write can, um, can do, you know, which, which I'm sure will help them. Yes, I'm sure. Because, you know, sometimes you just don't know, you know, what should you be doing? And is it, and also mm -hmm. you may be in, you know, there is a lot of self-doubt that what am I, what I'm doing or not doing, is it right or not? So, you know, when somebody like you are a published author and you could be somebody's goal, like you said. So when you say certain things, they carry a lot of weight. And, you know, I may mm. be out there, a new person, not knowing what to do. But when I hear somebody who's been there and done that, obviously, mm. I get a yeah. lot of encouragement, a lot of motivation. So I'm sure these tips will be of great use to someone like me as well. Thank okay. you. So Kanchana, tell me, of course, you have your work and like we all do and family and, you know, all of that. But... Not all days are the same. You know, there are days when we are down and out, not feeling quite bright and wanting to work. So how do you cope with those low days or those days when you're not feeling so, you know, up and about? So, you know, uh, Sangeeta, I'm a very, um, I'm an extrovert. Uh, unlike what a lot of authors will tell you that they're introverts, I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I have a very large group of friends. In fact, my friends, they keep on teasing me that Kanchanatu knows the whole world. No, I don't know the whole world. But yeah, I, I, I have lots of different groups of friends. And of course, I have a, I have a very large group of author friends, but or, or writing friends or in the book industry. But other than other than my writing friends, I have a lot of other friends. And, uh, you know, I, I love socializing. I love going to parties. I love uh, hanging out with my friends. I like doing a lot of outdoor stuff. I like cycling. Me and my husband cycle a lot. Then, uh, you know, my husband and I, we, we take frequent um, holidays. We we take frequent trips. I'm a very, I'm a dog person. So I've had dogs in, in the house for a very long time. So I play with my dogs. I love gardening. And, you know, I find a lot of similarity between gardening and writing. You know, gardening, you kind of plant a seed or you plant a sapling. It's almost it's it's almost like the birth of an idea in yeah. your mind, and and slowly the you know the idea grows into a into a full story. Gradually, the sapling grows into you know a plant and a and a bigger tree. And you know you you give it sun, you give it water, you add manure to it. So in the same way, the idea you know germinates in your head. So I do a lot of other things uh, to kind of you know. Um, keep me up and about and not because, and also because you know, Sangeeta, I, I write such, um, such dark psychological stories. I think it's, you know, it's very important for me to, to not be in a shell. And of course, I'm not a person who, who, uh, who kind of is um, or lives in her shell. I'm, you know, I'm very much an, uh, you know, outwardly um, outward person. Hmm. So all these things help me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I guess having hobbies, having people, you know, circle of people yeah. can kind of reach out to if needed. I think that helps. Yeah. And yes, I think hobbies are so important. You can't be doing mm -hmm. only work. You know, it is important to have other things as well. Okay. So of course, uh, we all go through various life experiences, various, you know, lessons life teaches us. Mm -hmm. So anything in particular that you would like to share, which you think you may you could have done differently or something that life made you learn? Maybe as a woman. So, so are you so are you talking about uh, in my in my journey as an author or in my life as, as such? In your life as an author, as a woman, 
anything that you would like to share anything which kind of you know just comes out there immediately to your mind mm. that this is something that i learned this is my experience which i would like to share okay so you know uh, of course i mean there are a lot of these small small uh, some some large some not so small some not so large uh, incidents which have happened you know in, in the past which i feel i could have handled better i could have handled differently uh, so you know when i go back this is uh, this happened soon after my marriage about one and a half two years after marriage we were living we as in my husband and i we were living in calcutta and i and i got um, you know i got a job as the femina correspondent to calcutta in calcutta i was i was overjoyed to to get that job because i had been eyeing that post for a very long time and soon after as i as i got that job a uh, couple of months after that my husband got transferred to hyderabad and you know and uh, and i wanted to you know kind of have a house of my own as any young bride would want so i left that job and i went with him to hyderabad and of course once in hyderabad i kind of you know reached out to times of india again and i began working for times of india in hyderabad and i got a i got a very meaty a meaty role there but you know somewhere at the back of my mind i always kind of regretted having let go of that opportunity as yeah. the calcutta correspondent to femina so you know that has that has always kind of uh, you know stayed with me even even much later you know every time i used to see femina magazine on the you know anywhere in the magazine stall you know i used to feel uh, you know kind of a a pang okay. of regret that i wish i hadn't given that up That's so yeah I, i mean what is feeling yeah 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 i guess but then like they say you know you end up doing what you are meant to do and what you are destined to exactly. do exactly exactly can't get to do is probably because you were not meant to do it okay mm. so kanchana young girls nowadays i mean with so much of exposure mm. and so much of awareness and i think the choices that they have make their lives mm. more difficult than what it was for us so anything that you would like to tell them in terms of tips you know i mean especially young girls who are embarking on their professional and personal journeys you know personal lives uh, mm. what do you think are certain things that girls young girls should keep in mind so this is a very interesting and a very difficult question mm. uh, in the sense i would tell them um, to go all out um uh, to not hold to not hold back anything like you know i feel that i got married very early i got married when i was just 23 and a half i had a child when i was uh, about 26 and i i feel that you know i did all these things too early and and i should have really focused on my career mm-hmm. uh, but then you know there are um, i think there is there is no perfect or there is no uh, there is no perfect solution to any situation in life and no matter no matter which road you you choose later on in life you will keep on thinking what would have happened if i had taken the other other um, other road but i feel that you know the most important thing that that young girls now uh, which which i feel in you know in my generation it yeah. has come to us a lot later they know their they know what they want pretty much early on in life and that is thanks to the upbringing that our generation has given to them and also the enormous amount of exposure which the world has you know kind of opened up for them yeah so i think you know uh, one of the most important decisions that women should take is that their life choices think about the life choices that you make very very carefully uh, as in by life choices i mean that you know choosing uh choosing your life partner that is the single most important decision 
in your life which will impact not just your personal life but also your also your job your career and your mental wellness and everything mm. you know uh, people say that kind of you know choosing uh, which stream to study and which job to work at are important but i think much more than that uh, making the right decision of who to be with who should your partner be that's a very very important um, um you know important decision in your life which can um which can affect a lot of other things then yeah. a- another thing is don't don't ignore your health it's mm-hmm. very very important you know uh, i see a lot of young girls you know the who are very skinny who are very thin are saying that i don't need to exercise because i'm very thin thin does not mean healthy yeah yeah thin is just thin thin mm-hmm. does not equate healthy so you know and in no time the 20s become 30s and 40s and 50s so yeah. don't ignore your health health is not about fitness is not about constantly being a, a smaller size and being able to wear tighter clothes and shorter clothes no that's that is not what fitness is mm. fitness is you know strong body strong bones strong immunity yeah. and you know uh, you you need to you need to be careful about that so don't don't take your health for granted yeah 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 so uh, what about uh, independence when it comes to financial and emotional independence where would you oh play? very important hmm? very important yeah i think financial independence is very very important it's hmm. very you know don't don't undermine yourself and uh, be dependent on someone else uh, yeah. because the world that 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 they live now uh, is is kind of very very different from what it was when you and i were were young Yeah. i think it is extremely important to uh, to have um, to have financial independence to be to be uh, to have money at your disposal so that you are not minimized and you are not forced to um, accept uh, a situation that you don't want to accept yeah 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 that i think is very important and young girls need to you know keep that in mind and even mm. i feel even emotionally one should be independent in the sense of course that is much harder because when you are in a relationship you know you are emotionally attached but i think mm. somewhere mm. like they say self love is important i mean self love yes. is being selfish but at the same time i mean there is a thin line but you should kind of take care of yourself like you said health and all these things they are very very important we cannot ignore them yeah that but you know having said that i think you know this this younger generation they you know it it is us sangeeta you know our generation which needs to be reminded all the time about the importance of self love yes but the younger generation i think they are very uh, you know very cued into this uh, into this aspect there you know for them their personal self their personal space uh, is of paramount importance you know sometimes i feel that they need to be told ki baba you know you're not an island there are you know yes. try to be a little more inclusive with others and you know try to include you know other people so i think you know self love in my generation needs to you know needs to understand women of your and my age group need to understand the importance of self love but the younger generation i don't think need to be reminded of that maybe i think they have a greater danger of going to the other side yes <laughs> yes you know so yeah so i guess you know a little bit of balance has to be there you have to strike yeah, balance yeah. between uh, both you can't be mm. um, on any extreme so kanchana you have made a name for yourself in your field i mean you're a published author so of course there is name there is fame people know that you 
have been successful in what you started out doing. So my question is that how does the world react to a successful woman? And when I say the world, I mean both men and women. How do people react to women who are successful, who've been successful? Um, so I think, you know, I've actually been quite, um, quite uh, fortunate, you know. Um, you know, in the, in the creative field, in the in the literary field, in the creative field, um, I think people in general are in are in awe of authors. You know, every time I, you know, I'm I'm introduced by anyone at a gathering um, or at a party um, that you know I'm a published author. Hmm. You know, eyebrows go, oh yeah, wow, that's the first that's the first reaction. Yeah, and then you know, and then when I when I tell them that I write crime, they said, oh my god, <laughs> so it's wow followed by oh my god. And mm. then usually, you know, some of them will ask me the question that I that I told you earlier that, oh, my God, why, you know, how does a woman like you who loves wearing saris write thrillers? So, so you know, uh, that that question aside, I've actually been quite, quite fortunate mm. that I have not really met with, um, met with any kind of uh, uh, weird, um, weird questions or, uh, you know, kind of a, um, a you know any any kind of um, obstacle uh, from from you know being accepted. Uh, okay. So I so I guess you know women who are in say finances or you know who are in the corporate world in a different avatar, they mm -hmm. probably have fa uh, faced some um, you know some uh, some dis some distinct um, um, adverse reaction or something. But I have never really felt that. So I really can't. Uh, you know, comment on this. Okay, okay. But generally, but you know, in general, yeah, yeah. No, please. but but in general, I have seen. I have a lot of friends who are uh, doing very well. Uh, you know, in in their in their jobs in the corporate world, they are in very senior position. Sometimes I have seen that in in a social gathering. I'm not talking about in an official gathering. Hmm. I'm talking about in a social gathering, while the men make their little boys group talking about business stuff hmm. these women are not really you know they they are kind of you know in a in a no man's land because okay. they feel that they don't belong with the women who like to talk about now i'm not trying to be sexist here okay i'm hmm. not trying to denigrate anyone hmm. but you know they they don't fit in with the with the boys because the boys don't want to include them Mm. Uh, they are busy they are busy and i'm talking about social gatherings so yeah, parties yeah. like when we yeah, go to somebody's house for a party so so these women don't really um, kind of you know uh, migrate to that boys group unless they know someone there who pulls them in yeah. they they also don't feel a part of the women's group because the women if the if the women's group is essentially of homemakers and non-working, non-corporate, they mm. are talking about their own domestic issues. So they feel kind of lost in a no man's land. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I've seen, uh, sometimes I've seen them uh, look a little out of place and feel a little out of sorts. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is in yeah. a large, in a large ambiguous uh, gathering. If it mm. is a gathering of friends where everyone knows everyone, that's, that's a very different, that's, different. that's a very different thing. But yeah, I've also, course, you know, yeah. yeah, because but they kind of, of now, uh -huh. 
Hmm. Yeah, Sorry. but of course nowadays the the percentage or the number of working women has increased exponentially. So you know I've seen that you know women kind of then just get together and you know they are um, they are chit chatting on their own. So sometimes hmm. I've seen them uh, kind of feel a little out of place. Okay. So. Now, um, I have seen a lot of this happening around me and I probably, I am one of those people as well. Uh, so a lot of people when they reach nowadays in their, you know, they reach their 40s and, you know, late 40s, early 50s, they start, you know, looking towards doing other things, not what they studied to become, you know, uh, maybe a doctor getting into writing. I mean, picking up a second career, which I would like to call as, you know, I refer to it as midlife rebooting. You suddenly don't yeah. want to do what you have been doing all these years or maybe like what I'm doing, continue to do what you were doing, but you also pick up other things along the way. Hmm. I don't think that uh, people in the earlier uh, days or people, maybe our parents did not have these hmm. interests or did not want to do other things, but for various reasons, they could not do it. Hmm. So why do you think this is happening so much nowadays? I think it is happening so much nowadays for a few reasons. One is that, again, you know, Sankita, our generation, we yeah. were, I was not, I was given the complete freedom to study English and to pursue it. But many of my friends were not given that, were not given that freedom. They yeah. did, you know, they, they had parental, parental pressure, parental expectation. Uh, you know, in fact, yesterday I was recording a conversation with, with another author. Uh, she's also a thriller author and she lives in Singapore and she was telling she has studied in an engineering college she has worked in a headhunting firm for many years for almost 15 years 10-15 years before you know her husband put his foot down and said that you know enough is enough you just you know follow your dreams now if not now then when so mm. the thing is you know my generation our generation some mm. of us had to kind of toe the line and do what our parents expected us to do, wanted us to do. And also the societal uh, acceptance of taking English or history as a subject or going into a culinary culinary school to study cooking or baking was not acceptable, even, yeah. for, even for a girl. You know, yeah. I mean, we were, you know, uh, like girls who wanted to pursue a cookery class or who wanted to pursue um anything you know anything creative or something very different from science or any commerce or you know uh, arts was like you know ye, ye or you know suppose like just 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 think about it if you if you as a 23 year old first of all there were there were no uh, there was no podcasting available there but suppose if you had told your mother that i want to be a podcaster they would have said have you lost your marbles i mean what's yeah. wrong with you or suppose yeah. you or your husband had told the parents that we want to be a stand-up comedian. Hmm. Hypothetically, at that time. But yeah. you, you will go up on the stage and you will crack jokes and you think you'll make a make a living out of it. Hmm. So, you know, so the world was... So I don't want to blame our parents for, uh, you know, for kind of uh, forcing their, you know, their children to, to take a certain path because hmm. the world at that time had very limited options. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you are a product of your of your times. It's not very easy for anyone and everyone to think outside, outside the road that we are walking on. So mm. they wanted to make the right. They, they thought they were making the right decisions for us because they they love us and they wanted to set us up for success. 
But yeah. then these individuals, after having spent years in banking or insurance or whatever, mm. and then, you know, they have decided that, like, you know, I know a friend of mine in Bombay. Her name is Abhinanda. Mm. She is now a fabulous chef. She she runs a very, very high-end catering service in Bombay. And she caters to very high-end parties in Bombay. And she has studied economics. She studied business. She's worked for ICICI Prudential. She's worked for, um, you know, different banking sectors. She's worked for, um, you know, many other uh, tech industries. And she's done that for 15, 20 years. And then she gave it all up and she, you know, kind of submerged herself into her passion. Mm. So I think, you know, that is why it is it is happening to many of us that we are discovering our desires and our dreams, uh, which were... Uh, which were forced to be latent in us for a very long time. Hmm. And finally, we are breaking through and doing the things that we wanted to always do it, but first did not have any opportunities. You could not become a yoga instructor, you know, when you were 23 in, okay. in this country, right? Hmm. You could not become an aerobics, this thing or something. So, you know, people are doing different things now because there is an opportunity. We yeah. have lived life on other people's terms and and we have realized that we want to make ourselves happy mm. so that's why we are uh you know letting ourselves giving ourselves the gift of living the life that we wanted to do wanted to live so i guess that that's why this is happening and i guess coupled with this is the fact that we also have this uh, you know the financial wherewithal to kind of you know explore options there is yeah. opportunity, we have the financial ability, and there is acceptance as well. And of absolutely, course, absolutely. Social media has also made this is one advantage of social media because you get so much exposure. You see so many people around you mm. who are doing different things. So even if there mm. is something latent inside you, it kind of has an opportunity or gets the opportunity to come yeah. up because you see other people mm. do it. Yeah, yeah. So that is actually, yes, you have a point here. So Kanchana, like every other woman, you have to play multiple roles in your life, like juggle different balls all the time. And that's, I mean, though, of course, women are known to be able to do it and in a better manner than men, but it's never, it is never easy, you know, like one thing comes at the cost of another thing. So is there any way that you have kind of uh, any strategy that you follow or any, uh, you know, any trick that you have, which you kind of uh, used to keep yourself centered and to be able to do exactly what you have to do and when so like I said how do you so jump I think you know of course you know I'm you know since I, I'm a Virgo that's my zodiac sign so I make lists and lists and lists endless lists there is a master list of all the lists that I've made so I think you know uh, trying to be disciplined and making lists and you know putting up reminders but I think more than that it is very important to understand and accept that I can't do everything on my own. Yeah. And it is perfectly fine to ask for help, to perfectly fine to um, keep people who can do that job instead of me. Like mm. I don't have to sit and make my son's breakfast before he goes to school. I mm. much rather sit with him while he's having breakfast and walk him to the, walk him to the bus stop rather yeah. than slaving over making you know the perfect paratha so i think it's very important for women to also understand prioritize what is important and what can be uh you know what can be given away to mm -hmm. others to perform so yeah. that is very important and and to try and not 
not take things so seriously. So, you know, to explain my point, I'll give you an example. There is this friend of mine uh, mm -hmm. from school. And of course, now her kids are all grown up. But, uh, you know, when I when I reconnected with her in Bombay after uh, many years, because we had kind of left school long back. Mm -hmm. So she was working for a bank, she and her husband. Now, this, this friend of mine, she's an ex super intelligent woman. She has graduated from I'm Ahmedabad. So okay. a person who's graduated from I'm Ahmedabad is not a no, no mean cookie, right? She's like, okay. she's she's a very uh, super intelligent person, highly successful. She was working in a bank. Can you believe it? Every Sunday, she used to iron one big pile of clothes herself. Now she had twins. She has oh. twins, twin boys. Hmm. She believes that only I can iron their clothes well. I used to tell her that what's okay. wrong with you? Why hmm. do you have to sit? She said, no, you know, I don't think it is not hygienic to give it out. And it this is pre-COVID, many, many years before mm -hmm. COVID. I can understand if during COVID and after COVID, people don't want to give it out. But then even if you're not giving out, keep someone to do it. No? Yeah, what is definitely. this expression of love through ironing your kids' clothes yeah. and, make, and breaking your back? So prioritize what is important, what, yeah. what you need to do and what can be outsourced to someone else. Yes, I think that is very important. And yes. just, you know, and it's very important for women to have women friends. Yeah, yeah, it's I agree. It's very, very important to have girlfriends, to hang out with them, to go with them, and to understand and believe that the world will not come crashing down if you don't stand in the kitchen and cook three meals for them. You know, nobody's going to go hungry. People are not going to die of hunger. Yeah. And, you know, and things will get done. I agree. So, I think it's more to do with us, especially the educated women. I think we do realize, but then like, you know, I think a lot of us don't feel the need. I mean, don't feel that we can delegate. There is, you know, a little bit of guilt associated with it that if I get somebody else to do it, then maybe, um, you know, I don't love my family that much, but that's not true. You that's know, not you, true. like, yes, you have to like strike a balance. You can't do everything. So don't try. You're not a superwoman. Yeah. Don't try to be one. Exactly. Yeah, it's that's perfectly yeah. fine not to cook with them, cook for them, go and play with them. Yeah. Children don't really understand the difference between eating a perfect paratha or something. Is go and play with your kids. Spend yeah. that. I'm not asking. I'm not saying don't don't spend time with your kids, but you know, spend the time in a different manner. Yes, which is I think more productive and helps you to connect better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. true. I agree. So, Kanchana, my final question: Can a woman have it all? <laughs> Yeah, I saw this question in your list and I have a very funny answer ready for you. Okay, I am all ears. I think, I think women can have it all as long as every woman has a very efficient wife. Oh! <laughs> I think every woman, every woman needs a very, needs a very efficient wife hmm. who can be uh, in the form uh, of a, a domestic help. It okay. can be a husband who performs the duties of a wife can be a mother can be you know um, can be a mother-in-law can be anyone else but yeah. every woman needs a very efficient wife who takes care of a lot of ancillary things while she's going you know going all guns to make her dreams come true because okay. as I said woman you don't have to do everything all by yourself you don't have to kill yourself you don't have to be a superwoman nobody is going to give you an oscar or a nobel prize for doing it all hmm. get help you know it's just a joke that i'm saying that get a wife but you know get help 
yes. get someone to do those jobs and yeah you can you can have it all if you want to and it is perfectly fine to not want to have it all there are you know there's a friend of mine who's a fabulous baker mm. and she does not want to open a cafe or does not want to start a business she said i just like cooking for my family and mm. i like cooking for my friends and she's very happy with that so you don't have to everyone does not need to go out blazing to get everything but if you want to go and live your dreams and make your dreams come true and if you want to make a mark and do something exemplary please get help to yeah. do a lot of things so you know i think women can have it all if they have an efficient wife <laughs> that's a good one i think yeah yeah like you said you can first of all i think you need to know what your all is yeah and i also feel that it is an all which you want and you've decided Absolutely. and then focus on that you know don't try to do yeah. other things which maybe are not part of yeah. the all but you are you kind of feel duty bound so mm. yes delegate get others to do it i think it's we need to be clear headed about uh, you know what we want True. and then surely can True. get yeah that's right True. Okay, so Kanchana, thank you very much. That was indeed, uh, you know, very, very uh, an interesting interaction because uh, so I am an aspiring author myself. So it was, uh, you know, very interesting and very, uh, you know, enlightening because, you know, there are so many things that you feel that, okay, maybe I know this right or I don't. So coming from you, yes, it made a lot of sense and I could resonate with a number of things. And I'm sure there are other people, other women, young girls, women who will get inspired by all that you had to say. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sangeeta. It was lovely chatting with you and I just loved your questions. Very thoughtful and very uh, well-crafted questions and it was wonderful. And uh, thank you once again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Tune in every Thursday for some more inspiring conversations with women trailblazers. If you like the show, follow us and you could leave a review to help us get better. You could even get in touch with us on any one of our social media handles.